It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. And if you're a suffering Reds fan right now, I've got a message for you. This saying it. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is out today, so it's just you and me talking Reds. I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, and I've turned an addiction into information for you. This is going on my fifth season now, hosting this daily podcast covering your Cincinnati Reds. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds baseball with you. If you are listening, I encourage you to hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Or if you are watching here on YouTube, thank you so much. Please drop a thought down in the comment section below because I love talking Reds and I want to talk Reds with you. Uh, as always, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, thank you so much. Please let me know down in the comments section. I've gotten to meet a couple of you at the ballpark. If you're an everydayer, I'm more than happy to meet you at the ballpark whenever I'm down there. Uh, feel free to come up and say hey. It's always a lot of fun getting to meet new people. And uh, appreciate everybody that listens in on the podcast as we talk some Reds because this team has been so much fun this season and has been so frustrating over the last week. And if you count yourself amongst the Reds fans that are just like, oh my gosh, how on earth could this get any more difficult or more suffering and all this other stuff? Got a message for you here today on the show. We're going to look at some silver linings that was in a frustrating day at the ballpark for the Red Legs. And coming up... Uh, why I believe there might be more than one red, maybe more than one red, uh, win some uh, hardware at the end of this season. Before we jump into all of that, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And I've been wanting to have this conversation. I It's a little bit of a bummer that I can't have this with Steve. We'll have it later on in the week. But I want to have this conversation with you because I'm on uh, Red's Twitter, seeing what the pulse is during the games. And I, I talk to folks at the ballpark. I talk to friends, you know, all this other stuff. Everybody wants to talk about the Reds right now, which is amazing. It's a testament to what they've built so far this season. But I think we have to have this conversation about where our expectations are as fans. Because, yes, the Reds are mired in a six-game losing streak right now, and there are plenty of people that are hitting me up, whether it be in the comments section, whether it be on Twitter, what have you, of saying, see, I knew it. I knew this team. I knew it. Which, by the way, taking notes on all of it, you know, going to give you guys a nice uh, nice little award at the end of the season. Being the first to call the Reds demise. That was, that was so much fun. I'm so glad that you guys were there to call the 
end of the happiness of our team. Congrats. Congrats on being the first. Come on. Is this really what we're going to do right now? This Reds team has been so much fun this season. And I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. With this young roster, one of the youngest in Major League Baseball, rookies all over the place, did you really think that they were going to go through the season without experiencing struggle? Did you really think that the core of this team finally coming together, getting called up to the major leagues, did you really think that they just win every game from here on out? Me neither. And if you did, well, welcome to the cruel realities of a baseball season. Baseball is the most unique sport in the world because of its length of year. And there's a different conversation as to whether it's too long or what have you, and that's a podcast for another time. But what the season is in its current iteration, 162 games, you're going to go through these spells. You're going to go through spells as a team when you can't hit. You're going to go through spells as a team where you can't pitch. You're going to go through spells as a team when you can't field. That's why the talent on the roster is so important because the talent determines how long those slumps are and how they bounce back from them. It was great to see, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, it was great to see the lineup bounce back in a big way on Tuesday night, at least in the second game. It was unfortunate to see that the pitching did not follow suit and decided to give up a ton of runs. But these are the types of things. And the Reds, during their awesome winning streak, experienced innumerable success in one-run games. But those things flip at the drop of a hat, man. Like, the the different games that we saw them come back and walk off and all this. It was so much fun. But there's going to be times where that happens to the Reds. There's going to be times where even at home, when they have the ability to do the walk-off thing, and they can't quite come back like they did in the second game on Tuesday night. Brilliant resolve by this team. And the team's core doesn't waver. So that is why we have to have this expectation talk because, and hear me out on this, coming into the season, we said this. We said, look, chances are good the Reds going to be a little bit rough this year. I said 75 wins, and a lot of people thought that was overly optimistic. Sure, it looks like 75 is a possibility right now, but as soon as they hit that winning streak, everybody's like, Division, playoffs, we got this. Was that you? Was that me? I said they could. I said that could definitely be a possibility. Certain things have to happen, though. One of them, namely, is they need to get some pitching help. They need to get some guys back off the injured list. They need to trade for some guys. This is not a roster that, as currently constructed, is going to win the division. You have to get more pitching. But with that, I ask you this. If the Reds don't make the playoffs this year, are you going to count it a disappointment? Because I'm not. This season, the stated goal was get the core in place for 2024. Know who you have so that coming into this offseason where they just have all of the money, presumably, because there's not going to be the only guaranteed contract on the book will be Hunter Green. 
when they have so much financial flexibility in the offseason that they can fill the holes they need to fill. So find the core. Make sure you know who that is. Because if you don't, then we've got a whole other issue to cover. But the Reds have done that, right? We know who the main cast of characters should be on a given day. If the Reds are facing right-handed pitching, we know what the lineup should look like. If the Reds are facing left-handed pitching, we know what the Reds lineup should look like for the most part. I feel like there's still some weirdness around Nixon, Zell, Kevin Newman, and all that other stuff. With Christian Encarnacion strand up in the major leagues, that absolutely, he should absolutely be in the lineup against every single left-handed pitcher. He should ideally be in the lineup every day, but the whole idea of Nixon, Zell, Kevin Newman has to be in the lineup against lefties. You get rid of that when you add the bat that Christian Encarnacion Strand has. You can move some guys around and all that great stuff. And it was amazing. His first home run was an absolute bomb. Hit it into the bleachers. The estimated distance was only 428 feet. He murdered that ball. It was an 83-mile-an-hour slider that was on the outside corner that he reached down and clobbered into right or left field. Sorry, got that mixed up. That wasn't even his hardest swing. We're going to see a lot more hard swings from him than that. But I, I say that to say, I say all of that to say this. Coming into this season, the goalpost was get the core in place. The wins and losses are fine, whatever they end up being. We all kind of hoped it wouldn't be 100 losses, but look at this now. We're now in a position where the Reds could, with a couple of moves, win the division. And if they don't, I'm not going to count that as a disappointment. Are you? Are you going to look back on this season that where you were in March? Answer me this. What were your expectations in March? Because I bet they bloom away. And I feel like which we're going to talk about the uh, the debacle, the sixth loss in a row for the Reds here in just a moment. But I feel like it has like sapped the energy of Reds country and, and that they're feeling like same old Reds. Oh my gosh, see, this is why we shouldn't have cared. This is why we shouldn't have paid attention. And if that's where you're at, then you've missed the point. This was not the year, and as much as it's awesome to see the window starting to open, and the window is starting to open, make no mistake about it, but as much as it's awesome to see that, that should not be the expectation. And if the Reds don't win the division, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you this in July, if the Reds don't win the division, I'm not going to be disappointed. But I'll tell you this, (laughs) these last six games have been pretty infuriating, but there have been some silver linings, especially Tuesday night. We'll get into those here in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors because today's episode is brought to you in part by Dave. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks, and they can help you build some credit by settling extra cash advances on time as well. Dave is the banking app that leveling the financial playing field is their goal. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. There's no credit check and there's no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money that you need with no interest and then settle up later on. 
Download Dave today from the App Store, or you can go to dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and no late fees. Download Dave today or go to dave.com slash locked on MLB for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees. Apply banking services provided by evolve member FDIC. And as always, remember if you can't be at the ballpark, you can listen to every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word. Reds. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. We're going to look at why Andrew Abbott has a very, very huge opportunity on Thursday. We'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. But back to where we are. Okay, so yes, expectations, all that good stuff being changed. Regardless of how I feel and how I'm still maintaining my optimism here, I've been frustrated these last six games, as you have. Looking back on these last six losses, like every single one of these games feels like it's been a pacemaker check, right? Like if you have a pacemaker, if you don't, like me, like I'm probably going to have to get one next year watching this Reds team, and especially this last week or so, like six losses in a row, really only one of them by more than one run, or by more than two runs, I'm sorry. But the way that they've lost these games, it really feels like the loss in the second game on Tuesday, the actual full game on Tuesday, that was one they really needed to win. And it's not as if there's such a thing as a must-win game in the month of July. Yes, it's it's important that the Reds win these games against playoff uh, contenders and things like this. But it, as I've seen the stat and, and the, the record number going around on Twitter, the Reds are 2-6 and six against the Brewers so far this season. Um, or 2-8 and eight against the Brewers. Uh, I've tripped up on that number. But that just means the record against everybody else is so much better. Now with the Giants in town losing two straight, really starting to feel the walls closing in a little bit on that playoff contention. But there were some silver linings because the number one thing that we've been worried about over this six-game losing streak has been the lineup because the lineups disappeared. Even in the the first game of this Giants series that was suspended and then finished right before the second game on Tuesday, was still a game where the Reds had chances and the bats just came up short. The bats just could not get going when they needed to. Then in game two, they scored 10 runs. Like, they they broke out of their slumps in a big way. And there were a couple of positives here. Now, I know in the second game, he didn't quite impress. But in the first game that was suspended, Jonathan India kind of broke out of his slump a little bit. Jonathan India had a three for four day. And I think it's interesting because coming into this game, I was seeing people, not only were they saying like bench him or move him down the line. I was seeing some people saying DFA, Jonathan India. What? Guys don't know what you're talking about, but when it comes to Jonathan India, that was a fantastic performance by him. Uh, Two of his hits were hard hit. I mean, that home run to right field was amazing. Apo taco. Hello. The, the the only reason that the Reds um, had, uh, you know, kept pace with the Giants in that game. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. But Jonathan India looked good in that game. 
And then you go into the second game, and man, everybody's breaking out. You you see a beautiful game from Matt McClain with an absolute bomb of a homer. Christian Encarnacion Strand with his first career home run, the the just destruction that he wrought on that baseball was a thing of beauty. And then he happened to get another hit on top of that. So two for three on the night, Spencer steer as well. He's kind of starting to break out of a slump. It was great to see Tyler Stevenson come off the bench because they gave him the second game off. He came off the bench in a tight spot in the ninth inning and, or in the uh, eighth inning, sorry. And he doubled. He was like maybe two feet short of the game tying home run, which would have been very awesome. But it was great to see him with that hard hit and during the longest slump of his career, 0 for 21, and he was able to break out. But looking at the silver linings in the lineup, I was super happy with that. And as much as the loss stung, as much as, yes, that was a game that the Reds really needed to win, I look at this and I say, moving forward, the lineup should be back to normal, should be business as usual. That is why it's so much more important, like I said in the first segment, that the Reds need to add pitching. Whether it be starting bullpen, I think they probably need to add a starting pitcher and a bullpen pitcher. I don't think that you add one or the other. I think you add one of each. And I think Nick Crawl can do that. But I, I, I think that until that happens, this pitching staff is just going to be wrecked, <laughs> I think is, is, is the word I'm looking for there. Because Tony Santion really had to pitch some key outs. And that was pretty much the reason that the Giants won that game. I know Buck Farmer ended up getting saddled with the loss, but Tony Santion came in at a pivotal point, and they really, really needed him to throw strikes. And he walks the number eight and number nine hitters. Like, that's just not something you can do. And I get it. He was sent down before the all-star break. And we all, and I, I scratched my head on that one. I was like, why did you bring him up for one appearance and then send him back down? But then we saw why on Tuesday night, it looks like his control has has left him. He needs to figure out where it's gone and, and get it back. Cause right now you, you cannot pitch him with any amount of confidence. And I get it. It's only been a couple of appearances, but is this something that is the new Tony Santion after having been on the injured list for so long? That's where my consternation lied in that game is because I felt like the Reds were in such a tight spot that they had to give key innings to Tony Santion, who was designated as the 27th man, the extra man, since it was technically a doubleheader. They had to play the rest of the suspended game, and then they had to play a whole nother game on top of that. So they gave both the Giants and the Reds an extra roster spot, and the Reds called up Tony Santion for that extra roster spot. Like, if you're in a spot, if you're in a position, and part of that was because of Luke Weaver getting smashed by a line drive on his glove side elbow, but if you're in a position where you have to use the 27th man in, like, high leverage positions, that's a tough one. But that's just where the Reds' bullpen was. It was gassed after having to use a couple of key guys in the the rest of the suspended game, and then having to pull Lucas or Luke Weaver uh, very early in the game. Then you had it was basically a bullpen game because he couldn't get out of the third inning because of that injury, and so this game just took forever because it was constantly more and more pitching changes. Like 
the Reds basically used everyone except for Ian Jabot and Lucas Sims in the second game. And oh, by the way, they used them to finish the suspended game uh, to get Tuesday night started off. So the rest of this series, really the rest of this week, because you got two more against the Giants, there's no off day, and then you play three against the Diamondbacks, and everybody out of the bullpen has already pitched at least once. Alexis Diaz was warming up for a second appearance. Now, Camilo Duvall, the the closer for the Giants, pitched twice on Tuesday night, so maybe we don't see him um, at least on Wednesday. But even still, like looking at this, it's just really rough on both these teams' bullpens, and how do the Reds kind of work around that? Because, yeah, we had the All-Star break to kind of rest up a little bit, and now all of a sudden, bang, boom, everyone is back and everyone is tired after the Brewers series where it was all high leverage pitches and then now in this Giants series where it continues to be that way and you're just constantly going to the bullpen. The Reds really need a big start and that's why it's so key for Graham Ashcraft and and for Andrew Rabbit in these next two games that they really need to get going. They really need to give at least six innings, maybe seven. It'd be nice. I mean, it would be super clutch if you get seven innings out of both these dudes. Because this bullpen right now is gassed, and they need some help. But the lineup is back, and I was very happy to see that. Joey Votto, man, man, burying the lead on this one. Joey Votto in his 350th career home run. That was a beautiful thing. Oppo Taco as well for him. But it's good to see the lineup back because that is the strength of this team. That is how this team will compete. We saw it when the lineup is shut down. That's where the Reds run into problems. That's why, and and, and I think it's something that I want to dive into a little bit more, but kind of feel like this year's Reds compares a little bit to last year's Phillies. That's just me thinking out the side of my neck here. I'm going to have to really dive into that and see if I'm right. But the the Phillies could hit, man. They just, their pitching, it just kind of seemed like if they could get their pitching from anywhere, they were happy. That's really what it feels like with the Reds is that any pitching from anyone at this point feels like a plus. Hopefully they can supplement that a little bit and get that fixed moving forward. But yes, silver linings for sure. All right, let's look ahead a little bit. Let's look ahead to the end of the season because I think there are, there's at least one, maybe two, maybe three, although a little bit of a longer shot for that third one. But there could be multiple Reds winning awards this season. We'll talk about that coming up next. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors because today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. If you want to make up to 100 times your money, you should check out Sleeper because uh, Sleeper has the ability where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Daily fantasy picks with Sleeper is amazing because Sleeper's now offering that 100 times payout for up to eight pick contest. You can choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats. You can do like homers, uh, strikeouts, hits, uh, stolen bases, you know, all that good stuff. You can get your picks right and you could win big. Like, I mean, do you think Joey Votto's going to bang because he is banging a lot? Joey Votto has a, been awesome since starting this season. He's slugging over 500. It's absolutely amazing. So you should smash more on the homers for Joey. If you think Ellie's going to run, smash more on the steals. 
Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals so you can get your money when you want it. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit at Sleeper. Now, terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It's currently operational in over 30 states, so check out Sleeper today. And if you can't be down to the ballpark to watch the Reds and Giants, you can catch every pitch of the Reds Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And uh, in between episodes, you can get even more Reds chatter on the Lockdown Reds Discord. We've got the link down in today's episode description. Make sure you click on that link and join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball there all the time. And you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Coming up at the end of the season, I think there are a few Reds that have a pretty good shot at winning some hardware. The number one and the easiest pick, I don't even know who is competing with him at this point. I think he should basically, I I get it, there's some other guys out there who are doing the same job, but basically he's running unopposed and that's Nick Crawl. Nick Crawl basically should be preparing his acceptance speech for executive of the year. There's absolutely no one else that is even close. The fact that he was able not only to rebuild the scouting department, the development department, and get some of these guys ready to go. I mean, you're talking about Matt McClain and Andrew Abbott, who were only picked just two years ago in the draft. But also, you look at the trades that he made even just last year, and you've already got Christian Encarnacion Strand in the bigs. You've already got Spencer Steer in the bigs. Made the trade for Will Benson. He's here and ready to go. Um, joining Matt McClain and uh, Andrew Abbott has been Alexis Diaz, who was a great signing, came out of nowhere. I get it, his brother's Edwin Diaz, but the, the roster that Nick Crawl has put together and continues to put together is absolutely fantastic. And I think this is even if he doesn't make a splash trade at the deadline. Now, it's very... I I think that Nick Crawl is going to acquire at least one starting pitcher and one bullpen pitcher at the deadline or before the deadline hits. And I mean, if he does that, then he's just adding on to his resume for this award. Nick Crawl should run away with the executive of the year. I don't even know who's in second. I don't even care because Nick Crawl's in first by that much. I think too, and this is going to, probably anger some folks, but especially if the Reds, and by the way, the Reds are still only two and a half games out of the division. Six game losing streak, two and a half games out of the division. Still all right. If the Reds win the division, David Bell's a shoe in for manager of the year. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute because I'm sure you're probably angry with me for saying that because there's plenty of folks that right now that are just saying this six game winning streak is exactly why David Bell is not the guy moving forward. He is not the guy we should have. I think so. Every time I seem to know what I know about David Bell, something else pops up and I learn something new about him. I feel like he's doing well enough. Who else are you bringing in? Number one. If you want to get rid of David Bell, 
Number two, who's doing a better job right now? You could probably make the argument. The argument for this award and for our next award involves the Arizona Diamondbacks, and we're going to see them this weekend. Bruce Bochy has a pretty good argument as to why he should be manager of the year over David Bell. But I think if David Bell wins the division, that's where he gains the edge. Because I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to overtake the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers win the NL West. Now the Diamondbacks could still be a wildcard team. That's why Bruce Bochy would be high up on the list to be a manager of the year. But if David Bell takes a team that lost 100 games last year and wins the division, no team has ever done that. David Bell should win manager of the year. In the history of Major League Baseball, no team has ever gone from 100 losses to a division championship. That's another part of the expectation conversation that we had from earlier, too, that kind of ties in. It's just like, this team lost 100 games last year. Like, don't be angry that they're going through some, you know, going through some struggles this season because it was bound to happen. And let's be honest, we thought the struggles were going to be a lot more real than this. This team's been a lot of fun, and David Bell's been a huge reason why. The third one, and this one's a little bit more of a long shot because a Red is an underdog with this, but I think the Reds should have a Rookie of the Year. Now, the debate would be as to who, as who would actually win that award because I thought it was Spencer Steer, but Matt McClain actually has more wins above replacement than Spencer Steer does, despite having played 40, 40-ish less games than Spencer Steer has. That just blows my mind. Like he's got 2.2 wins above replacement. Spencer Steer has 1.6, at least according to fan graphs. I am very intrigued. And, and that's why this Reds team is so fun. And just to kind of wrap it all up here, the expectations for this team have been met. I know and I don't want the you know I don't want us thinking that oh the players are just gonna stop playing now because well they've done everything they need to do all year. But the whole point of this year was to find the core for next year and for years beyond. They've done that. They've done that. And yeah, a division championship playoffs would be awesome, and I'm so stoked for that. But I'm not going to count this year as a disappointment if it doesn't happen because there's been plenty of amazing performances that continue to happen that could bring the Reds quite a bit of hardware at the end of the year. That's going to do it for us here today. Before we get out of here, remember that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. Andrew Abbott has yet another opportunity to prove to us just how good he can be. We'll tell you why. But until then, you can check us out. Make sure you join the Lockdown Reds Discord for, for more Reds chat uh, every single day and all throughout the day uh, because we are always Lockdown Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.